0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, one-on-one note-taking recommendations. Here we go. Sometimes we get some pretty pedestrian questions and they they loom pretty large, right? Yeah. And, and one-on-ones... I hope folks know by now are the most important recommendation we've ever made and probably will ever made. And it's, you know, as a side note, I just, I was just reading something, um, on the discussion forums last night and just once again, somebody said, I can't believe this stuff really works. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like everything changed, right? It's really interesting. So despite the number of times we've talked about them we still get lots of questions from right in the forums from clients email conferences yep. you know yeah. it just over and over and over again and one of the questions that we've gotten over the years and frankly we're we're kind of used to being asked right it's not very hard to come up with the answer to because we've been asked it so many times is how to take notes or often how does how do you take notes
1: during one oh, of, yeah. right, during yours yeah like, I'm the best one on one person in the world. Not necessarily. Yeah. And what's funny about it is the sense we get from some folks that very simple operational details can mean a lot to them. So, we just thought we'd put together all the things we've been telling people in emails and so on. We maybe mentioned them a little bit in, in posts, but we won't, you know, in, in casts and so on, but we thought we'd delve into a little bit more. Now, I've got four recommendations, but folks, look these are not the only things you take notes on. These are the things we think you have to take notes on. And probably there's going to be a good bit more you take notes on, but this is also to help you feel that you don't have to write every single thing down. That's not really note taking. That's Minutes. <laughs> written recording. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, we, we don't want a transcript. We just want notes. And we've learned from looking at thousands of people's notes and various things that your notes don't have to be complete to be helpful. Notes are designed to be helpful, to help you remember something later. We're going to talk about, again, about four things we recommend you take notes on. But taking notes on more is fine as long as it doesn't become administratively burdensome. Our four recommendations is you've got to capture deliverables. Yours or your directs, and you've got to do it in a distinctive way. This is that's a huge part of a theme of this cast is doing it distinctively. You've got to capture communications or responsibilities in a different but also distinctive way. Same situation, communications and deliverables are re- and responsibilities are obviously really important. We do recommend point three that you capture feedback, uh, but too many people feel that they need to write everything down in feedback and you don't. You don't need to capture it perfectly or all the details. You just need to capture enough and it can be in cryptic shorthand so that you can remember it later. And you don't have to remember it later two years later. And then lastly, we recommend you capture coaching notes on the back side, on the reverse side of the previous week's coaching notes. or I'm sorry, the previous week's one-on-one form. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about the first one. Capturing... Uh, deliverables in a distinct way. You're talking about like a a different color, a different font? It could be. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it could be different. Well, it wouldn't be a different font because then that would mean you're on the computer and we don't take notes during one-on-ones on on a laptop. We don't type. Yeah. Good reminder for a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. We don't, we don't use technology. That's not to say that in a couple of years, we won't be able to with handwriting recognition and so on. This idea about taking distinctive notes is related to one of the biggest mistakes managers make when when they're take trying to take notes in their one-on-ones. Now, just to be clear, I want to say it again, you've got to take notes during your one-on-one. That's a starting point, okay? If you don't take notes during a one-on-one, it becomes not a one-on-one. Too many managers, I think, hear the word relationship and think, oh, this isn't a business meeting and well, then I wouldn't want to send too formal a message by taking notes. We're just chatting. We're just getting to know each other personally. And that thinking is really backwards, folks. The moment you think of one-on-ones as purely personal, you start down a road where you're going to end up canceling them. They're going to get canceled at some point. I've seen at least 50 times where people decide, I'm going to make it personal. It's going to be a little oasis. It's not going to be a business meeting. It's uh, he and I just bonding, you know, no no strictures, no rules, just let's chat, let's, you know, let's mind meld, you know, let's really put it all on the table, let's be ourselves, you know, let's transcend to a higher plane, Whatever whatever people say to make it a personal meeting rather than a business meeting. It's a chat, it's not work. That's what people say. So, no need for notes, right? Or even if notes might help, they're seen as interfering with the relationship stuff right? These are the people who sometimes ask, do some directs complain that you're documenting? And by the way, one out of every 100 directs say, you know, are you documenting? And our our standard answer is yes, but not because I'm worried about you because I document every meeting I go to. I don't call it documenting though. I call it taking notes. It's what I'm doing. Because the relationship stuff is, is suddenly so important and it's not work, You soon learn that without note taking, you can't really do any work where responsibilities are going to be assigned or work is going to be tracked or decisions that have to be communicated are going to be made. And so now it's really not a business meeting. Now you really can't get work done because you know better than to agree to a lot of things or move a lot of, push a lot of um, balls forward while also not taking notes, while also not writing things down. And then you suddenly realize, if you're not going to write stuff down, nobody has time for a meeting like that. You can't have a meeting where you take off the table, a meeting at work, where you take off the table all of the trappings, and then therefore the strategy, if you will, of having the meeting. And so managers just cancel them. What's funny is, I think, anecdotally, It really is the not writing down of deliverables. That's the big one. That's the big death knell of this kind of, quote, personal meeting as opposed to one-on-ones, which, again, are a business meeting about the relationship between you and your direct. Pretty much, when you don't write deliverables down, both sides realize that without that, there's going to be no accountability. And that's going to make this really the first casualty of any really, really, Busy time,
0: yeah. And let's make sure people understand accountability goes both ways. This is not, this yeah, is oh not yeah, managed tools being you know super tough on directs, right? The purpose of one on ones is to develop a relationship, right? But accountability right. goes both ways, and when you have that kind of relationship, and when your direct is sharing, you know, things they didn't share before, there's going to be some accountability on you. They're going to need your help. You know, they're going to have deliverables they're they're struggling with, and they're going to need help with. You're going to promise to help. You have a deliverable, so it's accountability both ways, right? You can't build trust if every time you're you're direct to ask for help, you agree, and then you don't deliver. That does not help the relationship. Yeah,
1: good point. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Yeah, look, deliverables matter. You know that when you go to any other meeting, right, you're especially aware of anything you're going to be on the hook for, right? There are some people who are just masterful at avoiding being on the hook. So, if you're in a meeting, anytime, one-on-one or not, if nothing else, you write down the deliverables you're going to leave that meeting with. And because the one-on-ones are a business meeting, just like every other meeting you go to.
0: Yep. Same thing. Same right? is true. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Now look, the point here is you got to capture deliverables, right? Once, once you start taking notes, once it's a business meeting, of course you've got to capture deliverables. What we have found and we recommend that you have some distinctive way to capture the deliverables. And when we say distinctive, we mean that However you write it, it's different than the rest of the notes in such a way that you can immediately see it quickly, every time, at first glance, at any one-on-one form, which is on your desk or in your briefcase or wherever. You need to make sure that the note taking, and usually it involves graphics around it, but it doesn't have to. It could be in a different color. It could be highlighted. Those things all work. I never got used to the idea of People said, oh, I always, I I read with a highlighter. You know, I always have one with me. Great. I just, that's not me. If you want to do that, it works completely fine. But look, the reason for this is one-on-one forms are not strategy documents. They're not big picture pie in the sky things. For every manager whose one-on-ones we're familiar with, they tend to be very down in the weeds, very detailed, very much about what's happening this week because they're that way. It'd be hard to have a meeting like that and not have it talk about the tasks and responsibilities that go with the day to day stuff you're talking about. It just, it doesn't make sense to not get into the weeds and then end up talking about who's going to do what and, and by when. And at the same time, because one on ones are also about relationships, trust is totally important. You, you talked about this. Don't commit to something and then not deliver. You have to be sure you do what you say you're going to do. And that means. You know, if you're over 25 years old, probably you really need to write things down. And I, and I kid with young people. I say, "Oh, you're young. You don't you don't have to write things down." I, I still have a pretty good memory. Some people have good memories. Some don't. I think you could make a joke about the fact that the definition of a professional means you don't. You're not in a meeting without a pen and a piece of paper. It's not a matter of whose memory is good enough. It's a matter of recognizing that too much is going to happen, and you don't ever put yourself in a situation where you wouldn't be able to write down a deliverable. What I do is circle any deliverable I have or my directs end up with from any one-on-one I do. I've learned to do it in a distinct way. If you're a licensee, um, you can see it in the show notes for this paragraph. I've drawn a cloud around the deliverable rather than just drawing a circle because sometimes I find myself circling other things just for emphasis I draw a cloud. It looks like a, a circle with indents all the way around it. And the point of that is it doesn't matter what your technique is. You could double underline, you could write it in red, you could square it, you could put a, uh, a you know a uh, make it into a uh, an explosion, you know, with s- sparks coming out of it or something like that. <laughs> um, the point is whatever your technique is, as long as when you pick up any one on one form, you immediately can tell if there are any deliverables on it. And if so, where they are and what they are. And I have one-on-one forms that are full of deliverables and others that don't. And the moment I pick up a one-on-one form and I'm looking for what I owe Wendy over the past three weeks, which is we need to do a cast about preparation but uh, for one-on-ones, but that's the way I prepare. I look over the last three weeks worth of one-on-one notes looking for my deliverables and her deliverables and make sure I check up on things. The key is when I look down at the page, if I don't see any any cloud circles, if you'll pardon the phrase, then I immediately put it down. If I'm looking for deliverables and I don't see a cloud, I know there are none there. And again, the idea is do what works for you, whatever works best for you. I found the cloud is easy just because I can see it and because I don't have to have a highlighter because I don't have to change colors because sometimes I have to take notes and pencil. Now, we apply the same distinctiveness. this Principle to any notes, which requires to engage
0: in any form of communication with yeah. anyone, right? So that that kind of capturing
1: communication responsibilities, we do that in a different way as well. Yeah, I mean, hypothetically, look, you could anything that was you felt was distinctive, unique, memorable, particularly important, you could do in the same way. You could do a cloud, or color, or highlighting, or you know, arrows, or scowly faces. You know, I I know a manager who puts scowly faces on things. He circles a a scowly face to say, this is important. If you don't do this, you're going to get in trouble. I'm, you know, look, I don't care what you do. You know, I've said before at conferences, you know, we we don't tell everybody that you have to do one-on-ones. We do tell you that if you want a shot at greatness, you've got to know all of your people well, and there's no way to do that without spending time with them on a regular basis. And we recommend that time be half an hour every week. But we tell people, we joke about it. We don't care that you use our recommendation. We care that you're effective. If you think and can prove that effectiveness comes from you standing on your head in the corner wearing a pink tutu, by all means, do so. Who cares if people laugh at you? If you're getting great results as a manager, it's worth somebody laughing at you. So yeah, there's going to be all different ways to take notes. I encourage folks to come to the forums and and post how you do it. You know, what do you do that helps you? You may help some new person out who can't think of a particularly distinctive way of doing it, and, and your way seems super easy. Our point here is rather than just using the same distinctiveness, which is better than nothing at all. In other words, rather than using the same device, whether it's a cloud or underlining or whatever, we do recommend that responsibilities or communications which some people would say are a soft form of deliverables. We still say, use a different device, a different way of highlighting those things. We have found that making the distinction between a clear deliverable, what you're going to do or what your director is going to do by when, in keeping with Horseman's law of project management, you'll still see them. But the beauty of having two different systems is if you have seven clouds or seven devices on a note-taking page, and you have to read each one to find the deliverables, you're taking extra time that you could solve by separating deliverables from communications and responsibilities. What I do, and by by no means is my way important or valuable to anybody else necessarily, is I put a double rectangle around things that I have to communicate or where there is a clear responsibility for something. Sometimes I'm responsible for stuff, but I don't have to do anything. I just have to wait for something to get done. And the double rectangle is different enough from the cloud, one is angular and one is, one is uh, circular, if you will, and I can see any one of them. And if I'm going back in the last three weeks looking for a particular responsibility, I can find it very fast, which I wouldn't be able to do if I was just circling in a cloud-like fashion everything that was a deliverable a communication or a responsibility. And to go a step further, if it helps people, I also use initials, first name initials for key people that I I take notes about. Any first name initial, so W for Wendy and M for me, are circled. And if I have a single letter circled 98% of the time and contextually 100% of the time, that is a person that I'm referring to. Now, we can't make this a formal manager tools recommendation because, I have no great number of managers writing me and saying, yes, absolutely, I do that same thing. Again, we don't care what your distinctive technique might be for capturing people's names. Some people prefer to write them out, and and that's fine. What we found is because names are so incredibly contextual because of how your brain and your memory works, you can get away with having two different notes with the same letter, an M circled, as if they were the same note, Mark or Mike or what have you. And you could have that indicate two different people on any one-on-one form without any confusion. It happens to me all the time. Uh, You know, I happen to use MI for Mike and I happen to use MG for Maggie simply because I I use M for myself. But that's pretty rare to have three M names in a regular discussion that happens, you know, of stuff that's going to be essentially repeated several times during the week. So use a technique that works for you. I know some people who use different colors for different people. I I I couldn't do that to save my life, but I could easily put MI circled video deadline to MG, which is Maggie, which would tell me Mike has a deadline to deliver video to Maggie. And I don't need much more than that for me to remember it six or even 12 months later. It's not much good to me 18 months later, but a one-on-one form ceases to be valuable, I think, in a year. You just don't need to go down to that level of detail a year later. Agreed. Okay, so capturing feedback. Let's talk about that. You agree we ought to capture feedback, right? Yeah, dude, dude. This is one where so many people get this wrong. They think that feedback might be A precursor to firing somebody. And so therefore we have to document stuff and it has to be official. And I have to create a separate form or a memorandum for record or a memorandum of understanding, or I have to write it all out so that no lawyer or HR person says, Oh, this is, you know, this isn't really actually documentation. If you write it down and you could state. That particular note means that I did this on this day or I talked about this with my direct. That's all you need. It doesn't have to be legible or readable to anybody else but you. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but you. And I think too many people think that they have to write it down precisely or they have to re- capture it in detail perfectly. And that's just simply not true. I've actually testified in one and won in wrongful termination lawsuits against clients several times. And I promise you folks, the standard for what constitutes documentation is incredibly low. You don't need great details either for memory or for official record keeping when it comes to feedback. I've actually testified with a one-on-one form that was a copy of it and there was nothing actually written on the one-on-one form. All it was was yellow stickies with negative feedback documentation, if you will, note taking that had been stuck to the one-on-one form before the manager did the one-on-one. And the plaintiff's counsel complained that it wasn't a neat document and the judge basically spanked him and said, if every manager kept notes every week of all their performance conversations with their directs, we'd have a lot less wrongful termination suits and he dismissed the case. And no one could tell but the manager what each one of those notes meant. And none of them were written on the one-on-one form. They were written on yellow sticky notes throughout the week. And when the one-on-one started, he took the, the sticky notes out of his day planner in the front of the one-on-one notebook and stuck them on the one-on-one form. And they spent the entire time talking about negative feedback. Not a great one-on-one, but absolutely legitimate as effective documentation. So, you can be exceptionally brief when you take notes on feedback. Whatever you choose to use as a device, it ought to, again, be easily visible and immediately obvious to you. I happen to use a capital F, the letter F as in Foxtrot, And I use a capital F even though I write in all caps because of my drafting class in ninth grade. If I have an F and I circle it, if it's by itself and I circle it, I suppose if I had to work with some guy named Fred or Fran, hypothetically that might be bad, I don't know. But the letter F all by itself with a circle around it means to me feedback. And if it has a plus next to it, it's positive feedback. If it has a minus next to it, it's negative feedback. I circle the F and the plus or the F and the minus, and that means I gave positive or negative feedback during that one-on-one. And I usually include the recipient's first initial. That way, if I'm writing notes during the week and I stick the yellow sticky on the front of the one-on-one notebook, I can remember who it's about, although usually I don't do that. So, I might put F+. plus with a W, meaning I gave positive feedback to Wendy, and then I make some indication about what the feedback was about. Now, I might not do that. I might just have an arrow to another part of the form, to another note on the form. There could be a number next to the F-minus or the F+, plus, indicating the number of instances at that time that I talked about something. If somebody has a chronic problem, I use the example of lateness often, I'm not Stuck on that one, particularly folks, but it, but it 's really easily black and white when you 're late and when you're not. I could put f minus w l, and that would mean to me I gave Wendy negative feedback for being late. wendy 's never late, so i don 't have to worry about that, but it's simple i 've written what five strokes or you know made five notations. It takes a quarter of a second to write it down, and I know exactly what it means, and that that 's all I need in my one on one form. You don't need to meet some legal standard or write a memo or write out exactly what you said, folks. You don't. You don't have to comment with what they responded with. If they push back a lot, you could give them negative feedback about that and capture that. Or you could you could write SATB. I've done that before. Shot across the bow, meaning I gave negative feedback. The direct pushed back pretty significantly and I walked away because I'm not going to argue with the direct about what happened yesterday when the purpose of feedback is to talk about the future. Note-taking is a sturdier art form than I have to write everything down. Look, it's unlikely you'll need raw recall of any note at any particular time in the future. It's really unlikely you're going to need it 18 months later. So, shorter note-taking allows you to take more notes, and the context of your memory will keep that note valuable to you well into the future, way past when you'll probably ever need it. So I might write down F plus W CT performance improvement or perf imp. And that means I gave Wendy positive feedback about the performance improvement of career tools. I might write down F plus W S slash N Sierra slash Nevada on calm relationships. And that means I gave positive feedback on the show notes she wrote about community relationships. That note taking, just that is quite enough to be effective. To be legally defensible and to help you remember what you've talked about in the past, particularly when it comes to preparing for your next few one on ones.
0: Perfect. How about um, coaching? Right, we, we recommend and folks, if you're if you're not using one on ones as an opportunity to coach every single one of your directs, uh, yeah. you're you're missing a, a tremendous opportunity. But this is not about coaching per se. But coaching happens in one on one. So, what's your recommendation of taking notes for, during coaching?
1: We want you to apply the same distinctiveness mindset and the same shortness mindset we've already we've already been hinting at here but when when you do coaching notes so you can find your coaching notes easily but there's actually an easier way this is not so much a how to take notes recommendation on coaching but a where to take notes idea one of our listeners recommended it uh, we find it an excellent, one of the best recommendations. When we when we tried it, we just thought it was just a cat's meow. And that is, rather than mixing your coaching notes in with the rest of your one-on-one notes on the front of the one-on-one form, write your coaching notes and only your coaching notes on the reverse side of the previous one-on-one form. If you use a normal notebook setup. With your weekly notes proceeding from front to back in chronological order versus, say, reverse chronological order, right? Then when you open your notebook for your one on one or even a folder, this week's form will, the, the front of the form will be on the right, and last week's form reverse, the back of the form, lays open to your eye to the left of this week's form, okay? And you take notes on the left. And that way you can find your coaching notes immediately because any week that you're open to, the coaching notes are on the back of the previous form and previous week's form and nothing else goes there. Sometimes I doodle. (laughs) I admit sometimes I doodle, but the back of the previous form. So if I want to find coaching notes, and it's been a while since we coached, I can find those very quickly. I just go boom, 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 until I find notes on the left or the reverse side of any previous week's one-on-one form. And I know those are coaching notes. And sometimes coaching can be long. It can take 10 minutes and you got to write down the brainstorm. You got to write down the first five or six or seven tasks, which again would be deliverables. And so having all that at the bottom of a one-on-one form, or as I tried a number of years ago and failed on the back of this week's one-on-one form is kind of confusing and not helpful. So putting it on the back of the previous week's form is a great way to separate it and make it easy to search as well. Wow. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah, that's it. Look, capture deliverables and communication and responsibilities in a distinctive way, hopefully in different ways. Feedback can be brief and you can use all kinds of abbreviations to, to do so. And then put coaching notes on the back of previous week's form. And um, it's it's pretty simple stuff, but it does remind us that practicality matters. This is manager tools and we're going to tell you how to do things. This is just a note taking hack for one-on-ones and we get asked these questions so many times we, i got asked last week actually this week at a conference about note-taking and so we thought we'd share it with everybody awesome, awesome. thanks friend thanks partner all right we'll see you
0: thanks everyone that's it we'll see you next week in the meantime check out the discussion forums www.manager-tools.com forward slash forums hope to see you there so long